Welcome into Two for One Drafts. This is your host, Austin Gale, with Mike Renner, PFF's new Rookies and Draft Prospects podcast. We are on YouTube Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can also find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're pretty much everywhere these days. Tuesday edition of Two for One Drafts. We've got a ton of things to look at, a ton of draft prospect performances we want to go over, some rookie performances. Here's how the segments are going to go. Mm-hmm. Raise a glass. We're going to raise a glass to some of our favorite uh, prospect performances over the weekend. Mm. At the same time, we're going to pour some out. We're going to yes. you know, pour a glass out here for some of the guys that did not perform as well, at least you know, performing below expectations. Then we got our Rolling Rooks segment, <laughs> a little play on Rolling Rocks. Dude, I have... Slammed. We've been thought. We've been thinking about these long and hard, dude. Rolling rocks are. I had like twenty rolling rocks in a day party once, and it absolutely <laughs> took me to the moon. I've Those never had more cans, than two in a sitting. They're really, horrible. Yeah, they are horrible. But you get the day party rolling. A couple rolling rocks in, they start to all taste they like. All taste yeah, same, yeah, yeah. Um, then next segment after that is going to be our local IPA. It's going to be a prospect that you maybe haven't heard of, but if you take a taste of it, you mm. might actually like it. Yeah. Nothing like a rolling rock, I'll say that. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to finish it off with our draft specials. We're going to dive into a specific prospect prospect performance or matchup, really. It's going to be Andrew Thomas versus Julian Aquara and Khalid Kareem of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Mike Grinner's not alma mater, if you didn't know that. Mm. Well, let's go we ahead and raise a glass. <laughs> let's go ahead and raise a glass, then. I want to talk about some guys. I know you need to talk about your guys. you got to talk about these guys. Willie Gay Jr. and Trey Walker have had to. great weekends. And, and Trey Walker, a little slow out of the gate. Now you know, now we're getting some buzz. Now these guys played the first few weeks of the season. Trey Walker, a guy who was hurt last year, too, at San Jose State. But when he was on the field, I loved what I saw from him. He was in the draft guide. Comes out this week, 12 catches, 15 targets, 161 yards. Draw two, drew two more pass interference penalties on top of that. Loved what I saw from him. Only a two, true junior. A little undersized. 5'10", 180. But the dude has that natural knack for route running ability. You know, that sort of intangible how to, how to stem your routes to set up defensive backs leverage. Uh, some guys just run routes in a straight line. Some guys don't have explosiveness out of their cuts. Trey Walker has that came on the field. I'm excited to see what he goes for because he had 15 targets and actually 18 if you count. Uh, no you know, plays. the play is negated by penalty there. So 18 times they're throwing the ball this way. That means he's going to be getting some targets this season. That's against Arkansas. That's, a, that's an SEC defense. Now, okay. it's not a good SEC defense, but it's an SEC defense. You can say that. So loved what I saw from him. And the other one, Willie Gay Jr., get to know the name. You'll be hearing his name soon in draft sort of talks because he might be the fastest linebacker in the country. Dude's going to run a 4-4. On the fifth play of the game, first, play, first game he's played this season for Mississippi State, Dude houses a pick six. I mean, he has legit game-changing ability. 95.6 grade in this one. Had a 90-plus coverage grade last year. Now, his run defense, non-existent at this point. Not really good against the run, but 6-2-2-40. He's going to run on the four fours. That's a modern-day linebacker. Starting with Walker, you know, look, diving into the numbers a bit. I watched this tape. You, know, you got me on him. I didn't love him. I didn't really mm-hmm. love him. But looking at this, you know, three force missed tackles in this game alone. He only had four in his career before that. I like that force missed tackle yes. ability after the catch. 56 yards after the catch. No drops on no those drops. 18 targets, including no plays. And with, with Gay Jr., Coverage linebackers are so important in today's NFL. If you can find a guy as fast and yes. as athletic as this guy, I don't care if he doesn't play the run. Exactly. I honestly don't. If you can play Same. well in coverage, you're going to be you have a shot in the NFL. I think I don't think Devin White was that good of a run defender. Yeah. I think I think and, he was great in coverage and has that athletic ability to, you know, be a good coverage linebacker. It's very similar to Deion Jones for the Atlanta Falcons, does not go up forward and take on blocks. Like mm-hmm. that's not what he does in that Falcons defense. If he's playing against run defense, he's shooting the gap. He's coming in hard or he's flying to the sidelines. He's shutting down sort of what we've talked about in the show. The modern running game mm-hmm. is getting guys out wide. It's getting guys in space. He can do that. He can shut down that. 
he's not going to shut down the guy coming, you know, office lineman gets his hands on him. He might be toast. Uh, that might not be good for him, but I don't really care about that. Fortunately, that only mattered in 1985. Exactly. You know, like you're not going to run up mm-hmm. on, you know, on taking on these blocks all the time. You're going to be more often than not trying to defend, you know, shifty slot receivers sometimes in base or like they split out fullbacks out wide. If you play like a creative offensive coordinator, you need to be fast and athletic so you do not get exposed yeah. at off-ball linebacker. So these two guys, uh, yeah, Trey Walker. Super Both in sun. the guide. Both in Both the PFF's preseason draft uh, I'm looking forward to what we see from them later, but about as good a start as uh, I could have hoped for. Going into uh, a my guy for me, a yes. guy that I've liked to start, and he played really well this past weekend. You mentioned him on last week's pod. I did on last you week's pod. I said, him. "Dude, watch this guy. He's he's gonna he's gonna play well." And then here's what I put in my notes here: you know, good ball tracking. Michael Pittman. Yeah, Michael Pittman of USC. USC Sorry, I didn't even say the name. Yeah. I thought these guys expecting my guy at this <laughs> yeah. point. Michael Pittman Jr. of USC in a loaded USC receiver room. There's a ton of talent there, and he you know in the notes here showed off some strong strong ball tracking. I like the contested catch ability, but still, I, I want to see him be a little, little bit more. Of a separator, I think he showed some flashes here and there. He's got good speed, but again, I, I still want. I'm still asking for Lamore, and I like the guy, but I'm still asking for. Lamore. I think what I like about him is that he's still sudden uh, on the sort of the vertical route tree. Yes. He can run a quick hitch uh, and gain separation on that route. And when you have the size, uh, and guys have to worry about the hitch and respect the hitch. And there was actually one of the routes he, one of his catches was probably his actually worst catch of the day. It was like a four yard catch, but it was one of the most impressive to me. It was because he. It was something like an eight-yard hitch that ends up working back to the quarterback on, but stops on a dime, throws the DB off him. DB goes to the ground. Quarterback's just late finding him, only goes for about four yards. But the separation on a route like that where it's difficult to separate at, that to me was very impressive. He reminds me, he's, he's closer to the on the big wide receiver spectrum to a Mike Evans than a Hakeem Butler yes. from a season ago mm-hmm. where Hakeem Butler was... Uh, all at the catch point. And, you know, he was so good there. And I loved his, you know, ability to make contested catches, but it really wasn't ever, there wasn't a route where you could point to that said he ran this route well. Mike Evans on that vertical route tree, hitches, posts, that sort of stuff. He uses his physicality well. Uh, Pittman, obviously not on that level yeah. of, of Mike Evans, but I do think he has, uh, he is definitely closer to that than uh, some other guys. And that's what I've said from the get go, too. He's six foot four, 220 pounds, but he still is sudden and still can mm-hmm. be quick out of his breaks and stuff. And I, I raised about him on last week's pod because he hasn't had a drop in his career. Then he goes ahead and drops one. Mm. Uh, or no, he only had one drop in his career before uh, the Utah game. Then he go ahead and drop one. But still, a very sure hand receiver, great at the catch point, strong yeah. hands. Definitely like Michael Pittman's performance. I'll definitely raise a glass to. To my guy, another receiver I got to bring up, and, and this guy's a highlight reel every week. I mean, at a certain point, mm-hmm. he's just an absolute fireworks show. Henry Ruggs, the receiver for Alabama. I know they have Jerry Judy, and I know he's really good too. But Henry Ruggs, the difference he can make for a game, you know, for an offense, he's an absolute game changer with his speed. What he can do from the slot and at outside receiver, when you can threaten a defense like Ruggs can after the catch and yeah. before the catch, it, it's it's insane. Just uh, you know, there's offensive coordinators right now licking their chops for a chance to have this guy in the offense. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, in that offense, it's almost not necessarily taking advantage of what he can do best. I, they don't really, Alabama's not running a ton of go, pure go routes and targeting that because they have so many guys that can separate. You don't really have to. That's not, that's not really a high percentage route, but that's a route that I think Henry Ruggs could, uh, at the NFL level, be incredibly effective at and execute, and they just don't really utilize him in that sort of role. So all that speed, and he's not even necessarily being you know, maximized, let's say. And so from for him to produce the way he's producing already with a Jerry Judy in your offense and with a role that might not, not necessarily play to your strengths the most, uh, I mean, dude's moving up my board. Uh, every 
every single time I get a chance to see him again, I feel like I'm underrating him every time I do see him. Yeah, and I feel like we were talking about a little bit over the weekend. Henry Ruggs, you get a chance to get this guy in an offense and you can really take advantage of that Mm -hmm. speed and that separation ability. I mean, he can just do great things. He's got four touchdowns on 16 receptions. He's averaging 16.3, or no, 21.9 yards per reception right now. Big play waiting to happen. I mean, just such an electric receiver. I think he's going to be rising, like you said, rising every game he plays. Um, Staying in the SEC, I watched this game, and Javon Kinlaw didn't, no, Javon Kinlaw of South Carolina, the defensive interior, did not have a, a wow start. But this game that he had this past week was outstanding, had a handful of quick wins as a pass rusher, and that's what I'm looking for first. Yes. If you're a defensive interior, can you win quick? And he was dominating this guy. He also played well in the run. There's this one play. I recommend watching the game. There's one play. He takes the center back. Be, mm-hmm. There's a shotgun snap. Takes the center all the way behind the quarterback on a run. It was insane. The guy has mm-hmm. power, strength, quicks. I, I, I really was impressed with this performance. Yeah, he is six foot six, 310 pounds, and you would never guess that by looking at you know just how quick he moves moves off the ball, you would say he's probably about 6'3", 300. He just looks like a, you know, he looks like a speedier three-tech type, but he is a jumbo defensive tackle body, uh, long arms, Missouri offensive line, not great that he was going up against. It didn't look great. <laughs> but the way he put the, you know, the way he dominated them, not a lot of guys in the country are still going to be able to do that even against a bad offensive line, even against, you know, the worst offensive lineman in college football. He was smoking them six pressures, a hit, a sack. Four hurries. Uh, yeah, it was dominant. And that's kind of what I had hoped to see more of more consistently this season. So that's his first one. You know, he had three straight pass rushing, uh, three straight games in the 70s heading into this. You know, good, not elite. This was an elite performance. I want to see a few more of these. And then he's working his way. He's in that conversation with Marvin Wilson, that DT1 combo mm-hmm. at the moment. Absolutely. And he's, and he's doing that, those quick pass rush wins. He had a handful of them playing nose tackle, too. And it's mm-hmm. hard to create pressure at that position. You saw that with Ed Oliver a little bit at Houston. Yeah. When you, you're playing at nose tackle, you're going to run into less one-on-ones. Yeah. He turned to center like a turnstile, though, a couple times. And I think he really impressed me with this performance. 93.1 pass rush grade against Missouri. I would, if you're you know at-home at scout and you you heard about Javon Kinlaw here and there in a couple articles. This one. this one. This one definitely worth it. I think you're, you're going to be impressed with him. <clears throat> Another guy that was in the preseason draft guide, had some off-field stuff. I think tra- tra- was a Texas A&M uh, uh, commit and then went to Syracuse, I'm pretty sure. I think I'm mm-hmm. thinking of that guy. Alton Robinson of Syracuse. Man, they go against Western Michigan this past week, and he legitimately looked unblockable, dominating with bull rushes. There's a bull rush pressure there. He bull rushes through the offensive tackle and then reaches around the offensive tackle for a quick strip sack. And oh, I, uh, oh, a good man. reach around. <laughs> but anyway, the bull rush through yeah. this tackle, what he can do, I think he's a versatile pass rusher more than just a bull rusher, too. And I think this game, again, another breakout performance, one you'll raise a glass. No, yeah, in the last game against Clemson didn't have a single pressure. A lot of that was scheme-based and had the, probably had a, a handful of times where he did get a good one-on-one opportunity there, did not win, didn't love that. But again, it was a small sample size considering how many quick passes they got out in that offense there. But he goes up against Western Michigan, against you know, worse tackles, and you love to see guys when mm-hmm. they go up against lesser competition just Dominate. be unblockable. And 10 pressures on the day is the definition of unblockable there. Uh, Alden Robinson, a power player. He's a bully. He's a bully on along that defensive Absolute line. I think testing is going to be big for him. Because uh, you want to see a guy who is bully, who has that sort of play style, be physically also dominant, have the sort of you know good ten yards, but be explosive off the ball, have some, have put up a good bench number, and let us know that hey, 
I have the physical tools to also bully offensive tackles at the NFL level. Our last raise of glass here, we're going to DBU, the University mm. of Washington that constantly turns out these guys that do have a ton of talent at the, the defensive back. Five foot ten, 190 pounds, slot corner Elijah Molden. And then the reason I call this guy out, he had five forced incompletions in one game playing the slot against BYU this past week. He's got an 80.7 coverage grade on the year so far. That's across 257 total snaps and 153 coverage snaps. The reason, what kind of stuck out to me, he was sticky in coverage. He looked athletic. He's small. That's the first thing you notice is he's very small, but he's sticky in the slot. And then he has this one rep against Bushman, the BYU tight end, the big yes. guy. And he outmuscles him. Man. He's a hard-nosed guy, a bulldog. Yeah. And I think... And Bushman is 25 years old or something. Like, uh, well, I think these he's are an adult. Or he's been married adults. twice, actually. No, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I put in the notes here, sticky in the slot, pretty twitchy. But then when yes. he had that one rep against Bushman, I thought there was a good chance that Bushman kind of suns him. But I think he, he wins that round, another forcing completion. No. I do really like this guy. No, his performance in the slot allowed them to move. Miles Bryant, the guy we've talked about, about before two safety uh, this year for Washington. He's already been targeted 31 times in four games. I mean, he's getting peppered there in Jeez. the slot uh, and has only allowed 167 yards on those 31 targets. Uh, I, I like what I've seen from him, and you love that physical slot cornerback. That's the guy that's you need that you have to be at that mm-hmm. position to play in the NFL today. Especially because, and you speak to the NFL, that outside run, your slot corners have to tackle. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of slot corners in the NFL right that's now. That's the one position where I really would actually worry about tackling. If you're mm-hmm. an outside corner, you're talking about man coverage. I'm not too worried about if you're not. You know, Greedy Williams got dinged a ton for his tackling. He's been fine in that yeah. regard for the Browns hurt so far as here. Yeah, <laughs> he got hurt tackling, but no. Uh, but Elijah Molden in, in the slot. You have, you should be able to tackle. You're going to have to tackle a lot more in the NFL. Like level. Nate Hairston, Mike Hilton, and Desmond King. These guys are good tacklers, and I think you play those guys in the slot, and you can trust them to defend some pitches and, and them outside runs. Um, sound, that's going to tie a bow on our um, raise, a raise a glass segment where we talk about some of the best prospect performances from the weekend. We are diving into pour one out. Mm. These are ones we're going to have to maybe shed a tear over. Pour a couple beers out for. Got to start with a guy we really liked coming into this year, but yeah. has looked lost in the sauce oh. to start the year. Darnay Holmes, UCLA, going against a juggernaut in Aesop Winston Jr. I was Washington say, State. I, I wake up Sunday morning to a notification <laughs> Twitter. I've been tagged by Austin. My guy got torched, and it's Aesop Winston Jr. As if I can't, as if I haven't heard that name enough on this podcast. <laughs> but I have to say this: I think Aesop Winston Jr. The, 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 it was cool, great releases. He beat him on some deep deep outs, uh, not deep outs, but um, deep goes up the sideline. Those releases he comes off, no, they're, they're just nice. like they're they're nice. But at the same time, he's running a little long. I think he's yeah. doing a ton of stutter so. steps here, and then kind of beating Darnay Holmes. But he's getting Darnay Holmes to bite. Mm-hmm. Aesop beating him for a couple touchdowns. We didn't think those two were going to match up on the Thursday pod. Yeah. Darnay Holmes, I think they I went over to Aesop. We're like, dude, this guy. Game changer. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to need our best corner on him. And then he ends up getting torched. Eight, uh, 11 targets, eight receptions, 148 yards allowed in coverage, three TDs, two to Esau. Yeah, Darnay played exclusively right cornerback that past week uh, against Oklahoma, exclusively left cornerback this week against Esau. So they did match up. I'm an idiot. Shame <laughs> me for that. And Darnay probably should have stuck at right corner. Gave up three touchdowns, 148 yards. Uh, it just looks. He, he doesn't have that the feet at the line of scrimmage to just be patient and stick with guys. Uh, he just over overextends himself. Way still a young times. guy, he's though. Still, yeah, yeah he is. very I mean, young, and you can see that in his game. I feel like he has a lot of confidence. Yes. knows his, he knows he's super athletic. Know he's pretty twitchy, but at the same time, I think he's overconfident at times, and, and therefore losing. Just, Aesop, yeah. you know, a city college transfer, and you know, getting lost in the sauce off those. So releases. Darnay starts season injured. 
first two games hasn't looked exceptional. Could be one where back to drawing board. He comes back senior year. I think that I think that's where he's trending right yeah. now. Absolutely. I'm not Support sure he goes out. full Derek King, takes a redshirt year, maybe just kind of yeah. calls it. But I, think I mean, the he, way UCLA was going, if they had lost that one, maybe you'd take the redshirt year right after. Honestly, but. I mean, that's that's not a bad shout. Being, now let's go to Washington again, pulling one out for this guy. This guy you oh, really liked a lot, though. You you liked Leve on Wuzurike, the defensive interior, mm-hmm. um, very versatile defensive interior. Got some athleticism, a big guy. Four straight games with game grades in the 60s. Yeah. You just hate to see that, So, so it hasn't been bad. He's not getting mm-hmm. owned or anything, but he's just kind of... Not Darnay Holmes bad. No, yeah. He's <laughs> not. He's just ineffective, and he's a retro junior. He's got another year of eligibility. Another guy who, uh, at this point, you know, after, unless things really do start to turn around, he's probably going to be coming back. But I thought, on the small sample size, he would have dominant reps that he showed. Uh, he had a game against, oh God, I can't even remember who it was. I think it was Utah last year. Where he just throws the guard into the running back to make the tackle. And Ed has not, you haven't seen those dominant reps this year. I mean, he's getting pressure still. He's still nine pressures in four games. Multiple pressures a game is solid for a defensive tackle. But I thought I'd see game changing. Haven't seen it yet. Still time to turn it around. Uh, but I, he is playing more snaps this year than he played a season ago. Only 391 snaps last year. Already 142 this year on pace for you know almost 500 snaps if they do make you know a bowl. So uh, on the more snaps, he just hasn't grown. His effectiveness has not sustained. That's what you always worry about on small sample sizes. So Levi Nuzurike will pull one out for you. Yeah, unfortunately, because I, I like the size, six to three, 293 pounds. It's another one of those underclassmen that maybe like thrived on a small sample size, 90.8 overall grade in 2018. Yeah, when you're coming in for 15 snaps a game, those are your A snaps mm-hmm. every single time. You're giving A plus effort on those. When that doubles, all of a sudden, some of those snaps, oh my gosh, I just ran 20 yards and now I'm tired and now I. I'm not flying off the ball the way I once was, and you're just not as effective. Last pour out here, going to Texas A&M wide receiver Kendrick Rogers, six foot four, two hundred four pounds, and uh, three drops to start the year. He's had he's earned some bad grades to start here. Looking in, uh, twenty eight targets, seventeen receptions, two hundred yards, zero TDs. A little bit of a goose egg there. Talk to me about he Rogers. got he got his reputation last year off of some just absurd catches down the field. Uh, he had you know just a. Re- like three or four ridiculous catches down the stretch. It's enormous, great body control, but the dude cannot, for the life of him, get off the line of scrimmage against press coverage. Oh, no. Saw this last week. You saw this last week against Auburn. Uh, Targeted nine times, only four catches, 45 yards. Uh, Like five of those targets, he he never got more than a foot away from the cornerback. That was against him. He was just stuck on press coverage. And when you can't get off the line of scrimmage against college cornerbacks, it gets impossible. It's impossible at the next level to do it if, when you can't do it against college quarterbacks. So that's the biggest thing uh, is for him is just being able to separate at the line of scrimmage. Um, again, love his body control. Still made two, made two contested catches on, on a couple of those plays he didn't get off press. He still made the catch, but that's a very unsustainable business model compared to separating, which we believe more sustainable. Mm-hmm. So pour one out for Kendrick Rogers. Uh, going against my guy that we highlighted on last week's pod, Roger McCreary, the yes. guy that's come out of the gates. Uh, McCreary targeted three times, allowed two receptions for 21 yards and a first down. <laughs> didn't get a chance to watch that performance, but I'm going to have to dive in because McCreary was definitely popping off the tape before that game. <laughs> and I think if he shut down your boy Rogers, I'll have to dive in. Let's go to Rolling Rooks. Rolling Rocks. I can't get off of them. They, I kind rolling of taste rooks. them right now, which is unfortunate. But mm. uh, Green Can and all, we're going to maybe our Rolling we, Rooks. Maybe if they sponsor it, maybe we drink one while uh, we're I mean, we can fight through one. <laughs> I'll fight through one. But we're, rolling... really not, we're, not a good, we're not doing a good job of selling it. They're definitely not going to sponsor <laughs> us at this point. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, rolling Rooks, this is where we're going to be highlighting our top 
rookie performances from the weekend. Need to check them out. Rolling Rooks. Start with the two quarterbacks. I'll go with my guy. Not really my guy, but I like I like Gardner Minshew of the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. Everyone's guy, guy at this point. Yeah, everyone's guy at this point. Is there point. anyone who's really It's my him. girlfriend's guy. That's <laughs> where it's at. But um, Gardner Minshew, the mustache, the jorts, the aviators. He's got it all. He's also got a noodle arm, but he's winning with it. Yeah. The thing he's winning, and this is what we've been saying about him since his time at Washington State, where he was one of the highest graded passers in college football before going to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the sixth round. He's got a noodle. Everyone mm-hmm. knows. It's a pool noodle waving around, but he throws with Great anticipation and accuracy. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in football right now from a ball placement perspective. Dropped a dime over the top. I think it was D.D. Westbrook on Thursday night Mm -hmm. that was dropped. I was ready to cry. I was crying in my jorts at home with the aviators on. No one could see the tears. But um, Gardner Minshew, I think great start for him. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to continue to see it because those limitations with the arm are a concern. Defenses are going to start to prepare. However, if you mm. keep, keep putting the ball on the money, I mean, I'll grow out the mustache. I'll he's, do it. There, there are a number of throws where the arm strength comes into play, uh, and I think he's taking his chances uh, without having to force those throws down the field. He's taking his chances down the field with vertical leads going over the top. Those ones not nearly, you know, when you have a known one-on-one chance, you're not worried about a safety coming to the top and biting it. So those you know, deep outs, maybe a deep comeback, maybe a post or a deep dig, those ones where you really have to fit it in there that he's not necessarily taking his chance on. It's over the top, you know, those lofted throws where, he's, where, he, where the arm strength, not nearly as big a deal uh, at that point. And I think those are the ones, and you saw it this past week, on throws 10-plus yards downfield. Only eight, only eight attempts. He's not necessarily pushing it downfield a lot. Nor but like I said, he. take his chances. Six of eight. 121 yards, two TDs on such throws, three big time throws for the day. I mean, this is this is high level quarterbacking from a rookie quarterback, sixth rounder of all you know people. This is mm-hmm. he's playing lot, behind like, a bad offensive line too. He's playing behind a bad offensive line. It's not like he's got all yeah. this huge supporting no, cast. That, that is, and that is one of the biggest things also is that's kind of gone swept underneath this is the receiving core there. DJ Chark looks better. Was, DJ Chark definitely looks better. Looks better. Yeah. But at the same time, he looks better also because Gardner Minshew mm-hmm. is throwing a micro ball. I'll say this about Gardner Minshew. Um, shaky AFC South. I'm going on the record here. If the Jacksonville Jaguars with Gardner Minshew win this division, I will don a mustache for all of PFF's videos in January. They trade Jalen Ramsey to who, Tennessee and then <laughs> yes. for Corey Davis and the Jaguars win the South still? Yes, that what's that, gonna that's what's going to happen. If, if Gardner Minshew wins the South, I will wear a mustache for all of January vids for PFF. Um, Fantastic. Let's go to the cor- other free cor- Gardner. <laughs> right. uh, let's go to the other um, quarterback the that other. played really well, the rookie Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes. He has a not name. A n- nope, there's not a nickname, but he has a name. It's Daniel Jones. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, because no we're nickname. not doing nicknames for him because he's too boring. He's too yeah. boring. Okay, well Daniel Jones looked really good though. Pocket mm-hmm. pocket presence. I, I mean, I, we got, talk to me about him under pressure, dude. I mean, he, he was what I said coming out as like under pressure to play from the pockets he played in at Duke. Uh, it was only going to get easier for him in the NFL. Like those were NFL pockets consistently. They were tiny. His offensive line was awful at Duke and he was throwing to receivers who weren't necessarily open. Like it was going to get easier for him going from Duke to the NFL, like that sort of thing. But it's almost as if he doesn't feel the pressure mm-hmm. Even when he probably should feel the pressure and like he has cocking the ball yeah. back and drops it. Like he's had a handful of fumbles in the preseason and now again it happened uh, in his first start. That's bad. But I don't think anyone's ever failed because they couldn't feel pressure and kept fumbling. And like that's that's a small thing compared to what we saw, the more macro things of being able to lead an offense quickly, timing passes on on time, 
where the ball needed to go. Not necessarily a handful of not really special throws down the field. Only two big time throws in this one, but made the plays when they needed to be made. Is athletic. I think that's the thing that no one really talked about. Dude ran a oh, sub yeah. four seven forty. Like he can actually move run if you want to run the option with him, which they're probably not going to. Uh, with the Giants, because I mean, why you want to get your rookie quarterback killed? That's the but they could. Out. I know, but they but they legitimately in future years could do option running stuff with him. He has that level of an athlete. So this is uh, that was pretty dope. That mm-hmm. first performance, I I have turned my opinion on Daniel Jones. With Daniel Jones, I want to talk about his pocket presence. This is what you get. You get some of those fumbles that you saw in the preseason and mm-hmm. in that game. But we also get when a freight train's coming at him blind. He's staying in there, ready to rock and taking hits and throwing yes. downfield. I think that is a win for a rookie quarterback. You'll see guys mm-hmm. with scared feet bailing out of pockets maybe early or reacting poorly to pressure. You were not seeing that with Daniel Jones. He had a perfect passer rating under pressure. The only time wow. we've ever seen with a guy who had at least 12 uh, attempts pressure under pressure. First time we've ever seen a guy have a first pass rating. So wow, Daniel Jones doing breaking records. Daniel already. Jones, no dimes, just Jones. Mm-hmm. I like it. Great start. Uh, going to Dallas, Tony Pollard running behind probably you know the best offensive line in football. It is. We just Three of their offensive today. linemen made the team of the week. And uh, this this for PFF, Tony mm-hmm. Pollard over 100 rushing yards, averaged a ton of uh, force missed tackles per attempt. This guy looks good. I mean, it's why they pay them 90 million. Do- mm-hmm. Oh wait, oh no, that was Ezekiel. I'm sorry, but Tony oh, Pollard oh, yeah. looks really good. Yep. He looks shifty, and I think getting him involved in a traditional setting because at Memphis, because Daryl Henderson was there, he played mostly slot receiver. Like he legitimately, receiver, most yes. of his rec- his offensive snaps were at slot receiver. Now he's playing more running back. They're getting him involved in the passing game too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy looks legit. It's kind of a Fortunate that they're caps strapped yeah. Ezekiel Elliott for as long as they are. If five broken tackles on thirteen attempts this past week. Uh, now we know it's against Miami's defense, and mm-hmm. he's you know probably facing tougher defenses last year in Memphis sometimes. <laughs> but I, I do think that they could be a, they could still be a high level offense with Tony with Tony Pollard. Like yeah, yeah. they would not. I don't think they miss a beat. And he's as a receiver probably better than Ezekiel Elliott. Like he I, would say that. I would say that had receiving skills. Uh, I. Truthfully, when he's coming out, I evaluate him the slot receiver, though, because I'm just like, you, you have to teach him to play running back, yeah, which, yeah. I, which I think we talked about, or I talked about on last uh, spring's pod uh, when going into draft season, that the untapped resource in the NFL is just changing guys who are wide receivers, but not necessarily great wide receivers, and playing them at running back. Because it's not that hard to learn running back. It's difficult to teach a guy to catch and how to run routes. Mm-hmm. So get, take the guy you who can do that. You just have to be that, an athlete. Then, I mean, yeah. that's why they're so replaceable. You just have to be a really, really exactly. good athlete. I mean, there's vision there. There's pass protection, all these things that you can learn. But I'd say it's a lot easier. But a lot of it, the, they, they make those reads simple as shit for the room. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you have yeah. a very simple, defined read so that it is easy for it. So yes, that you're, you're not rarely ever like diagnosing not, yeah. a ton of things after exactly. the snap. You're like one read and go. And I think uh, not surprised in the slightest that Tony Polar is having a ton of success behind the best offensive line in football. i got to bring up Rambo now. Now, a guy that does mm-hmm. have nicknames because he wore the Rambo T after dismantling the Bengals defense with a couple nice force miss tackles. Dawson Knox, tight end out of Ole Miss, used never at mm-hmm. Ole Miss because yeah. they had so much receiving talent uh, outside of Demarcus Lodge. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Man, that was that was uncalled for, but that, that was true. <laughs> Dawson Knox though looked really good. I mean, it's a small sample size. I'm just excited because Jesse Bates came over. He's ready to rock. Dawson Knox lowers his shoulder and it looked like a death blow. Yeah, absolutely insane. It maybe that was like uh, that was like. Like rookie year Shockey type stuff. Oh wow! You know where I, he just he, comes someone in. made that comparison in the game. They're like, this guy looks a lot like Shockey. Yeah, I mean it's, it's obvious. It's easy to make, but <laughs> yeah. yes, it, I mean it definitely did. Like it, it was that was that play with Shockey at rookie year. Yeah. Where he just drops the helmet right into a DB and. 
TB goes down. It was yeah. impressive. But at the same time, he has three drops already. Yeah, small sample size. I'm three drops excited. on eight catchables. He so. wore a good T-shirt after the game. Can we just get excited, please? Yeah, okay. All right. Guy that uh, played Monday night, David Montgomery, running back. He forced a ton of missed tackles at Iowa State. And guess what? One of the most stable metrics from college to pros is stable again. David Montgomery forcing a ton of missed tackles in the NFL. Running behind a, a Bears offensive line that kind of struggled. Kyle mm-hmm. Long earned an under 30 overall grade oh, in that yeah, game, getting been... bodied yeah. by uh, Matt Ioannidis, Washington mm-hmm. Redskins guy. I think David Montgomery showing why... Why are you giving the ball to Mike Davis? You know, I think Dave Montgomery deserves some more snaps on this offense. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, 13 carries, four broken tackles on this one, uh, six, seven yards. Uh, he is elusive. Like, Mike Davis is not elusive. Like, wow. there's, like there's, a, there's a stark difference. Analysis. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think he needs to rock more. And I thought he could have been a little more involved in the passing game. I know, like, you got Tariq Cohen, who's not like slots, slash, yeah, uh, Mark, whatever. Patterson. But <laughs> only seven targets through three games. I would like to see him, you know, with Mitchell Trubisky's strengths being throwing uh, fewer than five yards down the football field. I'd like to see Dave Montgomery involved yeah, in that passing that's game. That's where, where his strengths are. I think it, it's, he's out of uh, paralyzed by choice, Nagy. He's got mm. Cordero Patterson, Flash. I mean, he can make some plays. Then you got Tariq Cohen. I think um, yeah. the tight end, Trey Burton, made some plays. Taylor Gabriel made some plays. I know you're a big fan of his. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, Taylor Gabriel. All, I mean, you got a lot of guys who can oh, make man. plays after the catch. Uh-huh. So I feel like even Allen Robinson's a little bit shifty after the catch. I think that it's hard to get all those mouths yes. to feed, especially when you got the point guard, Trubisky, missing some throws here and there. So, uh, But David yeah. Montgomery looking really good to start. I think that's the biggest take. Especially when Trubisky just wants to run it. So. Oh. Oh, yeah, just like <laughs> let daddy spin. Um, let's go to an, another guy I really liked coming out. Florida mm-hmm. State edge defender Brian Burns torched the Arizona Cardinals offensive line. So could I. But Easy at money. the same time, yeah. Brian Burns looked very good beating on some bad offensive tackles. Back to back games though now. Yeah. yeah. And we've said this. You got to beat the bad guys first. Mm-hmm. You know, once you guys, you, once you beat offensive tackles that suck, you'll eventually start to get to offensive tackles that and, good. And it's also the whole thing of you get to the, you know, NFC championship game. You get to the Super Bowl. There's no like telling that the guy that you're going up against is going to be a Hall of Famer, an mm-hmm. All Pro. You might be going up against Mike Remmers. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be going up against a bad right tackle, mm-hmm. and if you can smoke the bad guys again and again, that still has value. So he's be, you know went up against Tampa Bay, four pressures, nice little pass rush grade this past week. Arizona, five pressures, nice little pass rush grade. It's a good start. Yeah. Not going to say he's a Hall of Famer. No, he might be, but yeah. it's a good start. Yeah, really good start. And I think he's gaining confidence, gaining momentum. I think he's adjusting the speed of the NFL. That that experience is huge, and to be already producing pass rush grades like this so early. Even who you're going against is really good to see. I think he got underrated in the draft process because he was uh, undersized and there were question marks about, you know, will he hold up in the run game and you know, will he be able to bull rush? But he was so freakish in that that he almost like transcended at, you know, 6'5 with his length, uh, with his, you know, 4'5 speed, uh, with his ridiculous three cone. Like he was just that freaky enough to where. Oh, yeah, we'll not really give a damn about the fact that he's a little undersized. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to start trending that way, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, this guy can create pressure like he can, I don't really care if you're undersized. Um, let's go to a guy who's definitely not undersized, edge defender, going back to Thursday's performance, Josh Allen for the Jacksonville Jaguars, earned an 80.2 overall grade against Tennessee and a 76.1 pass rush grade after earning a 73.6 pass rush grade against Houston. This is another guy that I think is. Getting better, you know, six total pressures at week three, five in week two. He's looking a lot like the guy we thought he was at Kentucky, gaining, you know, recording these pressures and looking very athletic, very impactful on that defense. I love that. So they drafted him seventh overall, and you have Calais Campbell, you had Yannick Ngakwe already, you know, in tow. You had two defensive ends. You had, you know, maybe the best defensive end in tandem in the NFL already able to rush the passer, but you took a guy because you knew that. 
uh, hey, he can also rush. Like, you can't have too many passers. Thing we say again and again, you can't have too many. We'll find a way to fit them all in the field, and they have. He's played over 50 snaps in every single game. They're putting them, all three of those guys, on the field at the same time. And the better factor has been... Calais uh, Campbell is defenses. murdering people. Yeah, it, has been, it has been the Jaguars. Deep, they, they have been getting all three of those guys in the field is a good thing, even if, uh, you know, maybe the fit isn't perfect. They could have a better, you know, you could be playing a different lineman. It really has not mattered. Uh, Josh Allen already 15 pressures as a rookie. Because it, that, I think it's an underrated benefit of adding Josh Allen at seventh overall. You get to move Calais Campbell back into interior, and he's playing over 50 snaps a game. He has a 91.1 overall grade this year, 90.6 pass rush grade. He had 10 pressures against Tennessee. Just eating people alive. That's insane. And I yeah. think it's just, you look at this and you compare it to a Raiders pass rush that is currently struggling and pass on mm-hmm. Josh Allen for Cleveland Farrell, who is ranked inside the bottom 10 oh, in pass rush win percentage. We're going to go there. I didn't mean to pour one out for the guy, <laughs> but I think pour you, you, you got to pour one out for Cleveland Farrell. This start, he's playing a good amount of snaps and struggling to create pressure has also struggled with penalties. Um, Josh Allen yes, looking so. like the better player, as we said pre-draft so far. Again, so, small sample size. We're, you're over. So if you want to do a, a direct bit. comparison, Josh Allen, 86 pass rushing snaps, Cleveland Farrell, 80. Josh Allen, 15 pressures, Cleveland Farrell, 7. So mm. twice as good. That's if they're yeah, keeping at home. Um, last guy to bring up for the rolling rooks, crack the green can, Darnell Savage. Oh, oh man, he is looking really good. The highlight plays are with, very good. Yes, and that's the thing at safety position. The guys that can make game-changing plays have a ton of value. They didn't have a single. They haven't had one of those in a while. Uh, you know, in Green Bay at safety position, all of a sudden he has another game, another pick after he had you know the pass breakup pick the week before and the forced fumble. This dude looks. Uh, he has been what this defense has been missing. And again, the Packers defense looks like could be top three defense in the NFL right now. With yeah. Pass rush paired with so many playmakers on the back end. Now, yeah, he had another missed tackle. I'm not super worried about his missed tackles. The dude is a playmaker. Again and again, 77.6 coverage grade already on the season. I know this is the rolling rooks segment, but mm-hmm. I might go a little rolling vets. The two pass rushers the Packers added, Preston Smith and Zedary Smith, are both having really good starts yeah. for Green Bay. I think that's helping. That's an underrated thing that's helping that defense. Yes, their mm-hmm. secondary is great. Jair Alexander is you know, the best cornerback in the country right now, according to PFF's grades. But that pass rush is getting there. I think that Green Bay Packers defense, like you said, is pretty legit. The guy, though, that we're not talking about is... Rashawn Gary, unfortunately, the one they drafted. Oh, let's do another comparison. Get in there. Get in there. Oh, do we really want to? Okay, 20, 28 pass rushing snaps, five pressures. So that's about mm-hmm. – that's, that's actually better than well, – What's great, uh, you, know, you look at a little bit deeper and you got to look at not, how he's getting those pressures. Are they pure pass rushing They've been wins? stunting yeah, him. Yeah, they've been stunting him. Because he is just a freak in terms of if he's running at you hard and mm-hmm. you're not ready for it, you're going to get demolished. So they've Same. been stunting – the poop out of him. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to our next segment, or second to last segment here. Mm-hmm. Local IPA, a local brew that maybe you haven't tried yeah, yet, but you if you just get a little, yeah, you know, a little, never heard know. of this you guy. Wouldn't, you wouldn't know. Missouri defensive interior, Jordan Elliott, six foot four, 315 pounds. Let me just talk about the grades here. 91.1 overall grade on 149 total snaps mm. with an 84.3 run defense grade and a 90.3 pass rush grade. That is an outstanding start for this kid. This guy we highlighted in the draft guide. On the draft guide, go get it because you would have known. Edge you you would have known drivers. about this local IPA already, but we highlighted last year for the Tennessee game and the Arkansas game towards the end of the year was about as unblockable. I saw a defensive tackle not named Quinn Williams last year. He wow. just high praise. He is heavy hands, explosive off the snap, kind of, uh, kind of not. Sometimes has a sometimes doesn't really have a plan as a pass rusher. 
but the dude can just throw around offensive linemen. A lot of fun to watch. And like you said, the grades off the, off the charts this year. Uh, had four pressures this past week against South Carolina. Has had has had at least two pressures in every single game. After he only played 395 snaps a season ago, already 149. He looks like, I think he was 50 defensive tackle on our board preseason. Uh, I think he's past Raekwon Davis. Or Raekwon Davis already. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just... He's a lot. He offers a lot more as a pass rusher already. You look at it this past year. You're in an 83.1 pass rush grade on 234 pass rush snaps, 20 pressures, 81 pass rush snaps, and this year already has 10 and a 90.3 pass rush grade. That is trending up. That is yes. getting better. Local IPA. I will sip that one down. Um, last segment of the pod. Let's go ahead and get this. Our draft special. Yes. Draft specials. Two for one. Prospect matchup of the week. Andrew Thomas versus the Notre Dame edge defenders Julian Aquara and Khalid Kareem. Walk me through this one. I need to know. Great matchup in this one. And you got to give, got to chalk up W to anyone. You got to give to Andrew Thomas. Yeah. Not, not just because the final score, but because of how he played. And the final score. Field. I mean, the final let's, score. Let's right? bring up the final score. It does score. matter. <laughs> but uh, I forgot what it was. I maybe have never actually remembered. Um, but Julian Aquara going up against Andrew Thomas. So the only 11 what we call true pass sets in the game. That's pretty low, but that's par for the course of Georgia. They don't drop back to pass a lot. They love to run. Uh, but on those 11, only really two what you could call losses, which is fairly good against you know going up against a first-rounder pro- type prospect, Julian Akwar, a second and third-rounder, and Khalid Kareem, two guys who are seniors, Andrew Thomas only a junior. So he held his own in that regard. Akwar got him with the bull rush. Kareem got him with a little inside move. Uh, Thomas, there's still stuff to work on here, but the physical dominance that he showed when on those wins, when he does win, it is dominant. He just stops in his tracks against bull rushes. When he, he had a stunt against Aquara where he just threw him to the ground, passing him off to the guard. Uh, and then in the run game, uh, really no question marks for me there. He can do it all. Uh, he dominated in that regard. And again, he's still... Still the highest grade tackle in the nation. Where is he for you right now in this offensive tackle class? <sighs> That's tough because I love Tristan Wirfs. Mm-hmm. I, I think Wirfs, in terms of just smoothness, just looks, uh, it, it just glides across mm-hmm. the football field. Andrew Thomas still kind of goes down easy. Yeah. Yeah. So Tristan Wirfs, I still love, even if he might not necessarily be a tackle at the next level. But Thomas, I mean, I put him 10th on the board. So I, I, I like him a lot. Like, I think this is a pretty legit tackle class, even though Walker Little, uh, not going to be in it probably anymore after his injury. So uh, Andrew Thomas checks a box here. That's another box to check. Nice. Uh, he's not a perfect prospect, like I said, but physically he can do things that there's not a lot of tackles even in the NFL that can do in this for a 21-year-old. That's ridiculous. That is going to do it for the draft specials, and that's going to do it for this episode of Two for One Drafts. Remember, you can check us out on YouTube Tuesdays and Thursdays, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We are everywhere. We thank you for tuning in. This has been Austin Gale and Mike Renner on Two for One Drafts.